Odds and Ends, a podcast that collects stories big and small from every corner of UT. I'm audio editor Sarah Schleed. Last episode, we shared stories our reporters were working on before the university closed and shelter-in-place orders were enacted. This episode is our second and final installment of those stories. Our future episodes will cover the various ways COVID-19 is affecting the UT community. But for now, here are some stories from a simpler time. Changing the world is demanding. Between classes, additional coursework, extracurriculars and clubs, part-time jobs, and whatever else we choose to dedicate our time to here at UT, there always seems to be so much to do and little time to do so. And for UT graduate students, these demands can be even more draining. Competitive acceptance rates make for low enrollment programs with highly rigorous and specialized coursework. Attending some of the most competitive grad schools in the country, students at Texas Law and the LBJ School of Public Affairs don't take their studies or careers lightly. But everyone, including these grad students, has to unwind and have a good time at some point, right? stressful. The whole reason we do this is just to kind of take a break from classes, um, have a group of people who, you know, you feel like kind of have your back and who are friends with you, like outside of class, outside of notes, outside of outlining and study groups. So it's kind of just a way for us to de-stress, relax, have fun, laugh a whole lot, kind of make light of law school because it's a really stressful time in life. And, you know, if there's a way that you can, if there's a way that you can make light of that, it's always a good thing. It's something we aim to do. That was third year law student Elena Thompson. As producer and president of Assault and Flattery, Elena leads the law school's only musical theater troupe that's been writing and performing their own shows that satirize life at UT Law since 1953. Every year we do a parody, usually of modern things in pop culture, um, things that are fun. So this year's show is a parody of Mamma Mia. It is essentially about uh, a 1L named Sophie who is going through her very first year of law school and trying to decide what career path she wants to take because law school is more than just, you know, going to practice law. It's, do you want to go work at a nonprofit and go do civil rights litigation or immigration? Do you want to go work at a big law firm and do securities and contracts? Or do you want to go like, work for a judge and, and, you know, really like see what things look like in the courtroom? And so this entire show is about her trying to figure out this like really terrifying, arduous idea of picking what she wants to do for the rest of her life. And of course, there's like absolute ridiculous antics that happen along the way so this is just one in our more recent um, parody musicals that we've done for AF's 70-year history. Tech Week was February at the Utopia Theater and as Assault and Flattery actors shuffled on and off stage between numbers, a full band accompanied in the pit and an acapella chorus prepared to perform between acts. Anna Harris is a second year law student who, before coming to UT Law, always assumed she would go into the music industry. Now, Anna leads the school's only acapella group, the Supreme Chorus. Everyone is really writing their own thing, which is nice. You know, people write about anything from parking at the law school to, you know, professor drama and law school drama in general. So it's just kind of whatever's inspiring you that day. There are only about 12 of us this year. Small group of people who can actually sing for the most part. Um, So it's the fun acapella group within the show. 
Being a first-year law student, Supreme Chorus member James Gantner says he has a pretty limited role in the show, but appreciates the creative release that Assault and Flattery brings. The things we talk about and things we discuss in class usually are fairly either mundane or dull or serious, um, and that can be very important, but uh, it doesn't leave a lot of room for um, kind of emoting outside of that range. So it's, it's good to have a place where you can have other people that have shared interests that aren't law-related. ANF in, in particular is good for creative types that come in with that itch and that desire to have like a, an outlet of that kind. Um, but the good thing about UT Law is that they have a wide array of um, groups and things like that that you can kind of find a niche. Last year, the U.S. News & World Report ranked Lyndon B. Johnson Graduate School of Public Affairs as one of the top 10 best public affairs schools in the country, taking first place in the state of Texas. It's a pretty intense program. It's typically two years, but we do have a lot of dual degree students that do a three-year program. Uh, we do a mix of things that um, the major programs are Master's in Public Affairs and the Global Policy Studies. That's Shelby Evans, a second-year Master's in Public Affairs student and co-chair for the LBJ School's annual entertainment extravaganza taking place this April, also known as The Follies. I like to say that it's a mix of SNL meets Comedy Central Roast meets uh, Awkward Improv Class, but with a bunch of people that are really excited about policy. Um, so it's just a really fun affair. We'll do a mix of skits, recorded videos, um, sometimes competitions. It's basically a night of fun and absurdity, which I really am on board with. Some people might just be like, it's just to have a fun event. But I think that um, because the work we do is so serious in a policy school, I think it's important to have elements of creativity and fun and community engagement. So I think it's one of those cool things that our school does that you wouldn't expect a bunch of policy students to do. That's just to create community. Like Shelby Evans, Assault and Flattery director Elena Thompson also agrees that one of the most valuable aspects of these performance groups within the graduate schools are the close-knit communities they enable to exist. I never would have found these people through law school otherwise. I probably, you know, like there is a whole specific community that I never would have expected to find whenever like I'm sitting in my apartment on a Monday night watching The Bachelor with five people who are completely different in terms of their life experiences mm -hmm. except for the fact that they came to law school and who are just completely joking around like there are very few people in the world that you can make a parody of Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings with and these are those people. For The Daily Texan, I'm Chloe Young. classes, studying, working, clubs, managing finances, and maintaining a semblance of a social life, the life of a college student often involves an unhealthy amount of stress. While many students turn to their religious beliefs to cope with stress and keep themselves grounded, I decided to find out how students who identify under the non-religious umbrella deal with life during such a strenuous time. So I actually practice meditation, and I find that to be a really good uh, stress reliever. And it's uh, non-religious and not really, it's not like spiritual in a religious type of sense. And it's really about just focusing on uh, the present state of the body that you're in and the present state of the mind that you have, and just kind of focusing on yourself. And so that's kind of the practice that I do a lot. I do a lot of meditation, self-reflection, um, things like that, if that makes sense. That was Communication Studies senior Kamio Jones talking about meditation as a primary form of stress relief. 
for social work sophomore Paola Rodriguez, the practice is secondary to her more extroverted nature. I would say I just mainly focus, like if I'm stressed, I'll do something like that I enjoy, so like my hobby, or um, I'm a, I'm a extrovert, so if I'm stressed out, I'll go hang out with some of my friends, because being around my friends energizes me. Um, I also like to like meditate sometimes if it's like too much, so like I just need to like sit there for a second just meditate. The last resort, so probably maybe like once a semester. <laughs> Honestly, that's just kind of like I'm about to like I just a lot of things are happening at once, so I have to sit down. In comparison, computer science sophomore Fazal Ali prefers to do his best to plan around stress and simply perform hobbies and activities he enjoys when it's unavoidable. I go back to things that I know I like, and I try to compartmentalize doing those things and forgetting things that are stressing me out. So sometimes it's video games, sometimes it's um, just hanging out alone, just playing uh, uh, something else, uh, watching TV. Um, I definitely think the idea that um, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason, which is getting my degree or being good at computer science is one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that keeps me calm and centered and goal-oriented. And even if there's stress, I can look at that goal and go, okay, that's what I'm doing this for. And if I, if I go through this week, I'll be much closer to my goal. Next, I wanted to get perspective on what kinds of challenges these students face because of their identities. Cameo discussed her hardships being around people from her former faith. Uh, I do get judged sometimes. I feel like uh, this, the neighborhood that I'm in and everything, there's a lot of people that are religious. And so it's kind of hard whenever you're not or when you go to an event and uh, it starts with a prayer or things like that. And people are expecting you to pray with them or expecting you to thank God or thank whoever for the blessings and stuff. And it's not my vibe and I won't do that. And I do get judged judgment from it, so I think that's kind of hard. Meanwhile, Paola talked about the difficulty with explaining the label to people and having them fully understand it. I would say, I think, so, so like me personally, I was growing up um, Christian, and then going into, like, high school and then going into college, I just kind of, like, because, um, like, when you're small, you just kind of listen to, like, what your family says. You don't really question anything. And so as I got older, I started questioning things. And so it took a lot of thinking by myself to be like, okay, like, what do I believe in? And so that's why I like the term agnostic. It's just, like, I do believe, I think, like, there could be some kind of God. Um, but I just don't, like, I just don't know, like, we can't, like, know exactly what that would be or, like, what they would want. Um, or, like, what specific religion is correct, quote-unquote. Um, so, I guess back to the original question, I find it difficult to maybe, like, explain sometimes, like, why um, I am... I label myself as that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. 
it might be like around my family um, being different in that aspect. Fazal chose to tackle the question by explaining how agnostics and non-religious people are often perceived as people that don't have a code of ethics or a sense of morality. Um, just because I, I don't have organized religion to tell me what's good and what's wrong doesn't mean that I want to see the whole world burn. And even even if I don't have a concept of heaven or hell, I still want to do good things in the world so that there's positivity all around me. And in, in the end, it, it does create a better world for me, my children, and the people around me. So I think um, it's that idea that, that um, atheists are just very selfish and um, evil in some ways or, or hate people that uh, like religion or stuff like that. Finally, each student left some advice for those that may be questioning their current fate or recent converts to non-religion and agnosticism. Cameo emphasized the importance of thinking for yourself and making choices based on your personal happiness. Just do it for yourself. Uh, there's a lot of churches and there's a lot of people that will pressure others uh, to continue practicing the religion or the faith, and they sometimes will guilt trip you in. And I think a lot of times in religion, you can become a victim to the group sync phenomenon where you just everybody else is doing it and you just start doing it. And I encourage people to kind of reflect on their own desires in life and their own goals and really see if that's aligning with, with the religion that they're practicing in. And if it's not, it's okay to change and it's okay to keep changing and do different things, but always, always do it for yourself and don't try to just do it because everybody else says that it's the right thing. Paola's advice was similar. Though she added that taking time for the process is important, she also states that she believes respecting each individual's choices is important. I would say just to like take your time um, throughout that process of like figuring out what your belief is. Um, like it's another thing is is kind of like it's your life. Um, so. Although others might have opinions about, like, what you should believe in, as long as, you know, you're not causing, like, danger to others and stuff, and, like, you're just minding your own business, it's, um, it's what you believe in personally, so try not to take in other opinions whenever you're going through that process, because, you know, people are always going to have opinions about people's beliefs. Finally, Fazal spoke about how changing your views isn't a bad thing and it doesn't invalidate your previous beliefs. I would say um, if you are in a situation where you're considering anything, whether it be religious, um, gender, sexuality, I think you're already in a position where you were uncomfortable with what you were before. And that doesn't mean that you were wrong before or that you're going to be correct. It just means that you have a shifting view of the world. From The Daily Texan, I'm Austin Cheatham. That's all for this episode of Odds and Ends. This podcast was made with the help of audio producers Aurora Berry, Harper Carlton, and Divya Jagadish. If you want to hear more from The Daily Texan, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a story to share about how COVID-19 is affecting you, send a one-minute audio recording with your name and major to podcast at dailytexanonline.com, and we will include it in a future project. I'm audio editor Sarah Schleed. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.